0: Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. Welcome back to another episode of Collective Shift. We have our uh, superstar on-chain analyst, Checkmate, joining us for our monthly update, which we did pause, but by popular demand, it's back, mate, and the members have been loving your content, so I thought we'd do a YouTube video, so everyone else get a taste of uh, your analysis. How you been, man? Good to be back in Oz. Good, mate.
1: Yeah, no, as we were talking just before, it's a a game of survival at the moment, but it's kind of watching the forest fire burn through and... I'm getting into the the hopeful camp where it looks more like embers now than a raging inferno. But uh, you know, we will see how it plays out over the coming weeks.
0: I um, I was listening a data recording. I was listening to SBF on the uh, New York Times this morning, man, and it was the 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 flames were raging inside, man. It's um it's been a fucking just tough few weeks for. I feel I feel sad for just people that normies that try in this space and continue to just get obliterated by us totally. So no,
1: it's, it's really disappointing. And like, um, this was the first time I've seen like OGs in this space, um, actually just come out. And like, I think that the correct emotion is just absolute disappointment and disgust. Mm. Um, you know, you, you, you see these grifters and like, the problem is that they, they were grifters with leverage and with leverage with other people's money. So it really was that really malicious element of, harming others that i think was uh was, was what was so horrible about this particular scenario mm. um you know if, if you compare it to mount gox mount gox was really i mean it was it was pretty bad but it was uh incompetence in many regards and like also just the technology was so early that you know it, it's still bad but you can kind of see why it happened yeah. this was just straight fraud and mm. i think that's what makes it so uh so painful for the industry
0: to watch, um, especially given the limelight it was all in, was and the contagion, right? So, BlockFi this week they've gone for, file for bankruptcy. A hundred thousand customers—that is insane, right? You know, and then you think of all the scouting I saw like three billion dollars in scams from DeFi hacks and, and whatnot this year. The market, like, it's just been an absolutely brutal, a brutal year. But anyway, that's enough negativity, mate. Give us some, give us some light, give us some embers. What are you looking at? We've had a pump overnight, mate. Give, give us some hope. <laughs>
1: Yeah yeah it's it's a bit like that isn't it and you know like it's, it's one of those things right so it's um there is no answer to when is the bottom right the answer to when is the bottom is in 12 months time we look back and go well it turns out that was the bottom yeah that that's kind of the nature of the beast right so you don't know and this is the same in any market what we try and look for is uh confluence and probabilities so um the way i like to frame it and particularly with uh, with on chain where i spend my time in, um what we're looking at really is like it's the human psychology. And if you think about it, market cycles are different. The SBFs are different. The exchanges are different. The regulations are different, but there's one thing through all market cycles and all assets, right? The reason that you can chart the 1920s and plot the great depression um, and it looks like a technical analysis pattern and you can then have the wall street cheat sheet is because human behavior and the human response to fear and greed is always the same. Mm. So, what we're doing with on-chain analysis is there's two things. I mean, you're obviously looking at uh, network fundamentals, but what we're looking at is the collective behavior of all Bitcoin users. So, um, within baked within that. And, you know, uh, th- there's all this stuff about, oh, look, the Fed's, you know, semi-pivoting and all that kind of thing. It's like, yeah, well, guess what? That's all been baked in to human behavior in the way that they react to Bitcoin over the last six months, mm-hmm. right? So, it- it's kind of like price in that regard that it bakes all the human behavior into one thing. So when we're looking for um, market bottoms, the way that I like to frame it is from a psychological perspective. When did we see conditions that were so dire and so just absolutely hopeless in the past that it expelled any and all people who were gonna sell, right? What is the human tolerance for pain in a Bitcoin market? And when we look across, I mean, whether it's price, when we're down at what, 75 or 78%, whatever it is from the top, that's, that's now in the ballpark. Um, when we look at duration, we've been in this bear market about as long. Pretty much, we always bottom. And actually, because I measure the bear market from May 2021, a lot of people do it from the all-time high in November, um, the duration's actually been longer. But obviously, we had that scam pump in the middle. Um, so duration's there, price down is there. Um, the network profitability is pretty much the worst I've ever seen it. Mm-hmm. So we've got all of the conditions in play for in the past, those very same human beings—they're different people, but they act the same. Th- this much pain has been enough to put a bottom in. So, mm. at the very least, when we look at you know historical regimes, we've got enough data to say it damn well
0: looks like it. Right, dotting dotting the i's, crossing the t's on what could be a bottom. Mm. Okay, brilliant. What um, these sort of in, inter—I don't know what you call them—short-term little pumps like overnight. You know, I saw, what are we at the moment, just ticked over 17000 USD. Are these just just sort of natural market movements? Is there anything really fundamental behind them? Is it just, you know, I know we had some good, um, you know, rates come in the other day when Australia, especially with inflation sort of starting to come down. Is that that got anything to do with it? Is there anything really to to worry about? Yeah, no, I I do think that's actually the primary thing. I think the
1: markets are, I mean, markets are forward-looking. And BTC just happens to be one of the most liquid free assets in the world. So, um, and by liquid, I mean, that, that it's obviously much smaller than many assets, but um, a lot of people don't realize or, or contemplate this, but um, I can't remember the exact year. I think it's 2024. But because the S&P 500 is closed on weekends and afternoons, if you model out how many hours Bitcoin has been trading for, I think by 2024, it will surpass the S&P 500 and I think, don't quote me on this, was something like 2027, it will surpass the Dow Jones, which is the longest trading asset of all time. Yeah. So in terms of the liquidity, it's it's spread over a much longer time frame. You've got Bitcoin liquidity in every single country, mm-hmm. um, in every fiat currency. So Bitcoin has a unique ability to respond to the entire world's information. So I think this recent rally um, is a combination of two things. One, I believe that we're extraordinarily oversold. So, um, when, you know, a lot of people like we broke down to 15 and a half K yes, during a Mount Gox moment, Mm. you know what I mean? Like we went from 17 and a half to 15 and a half, which, Mm. you know, it's not up, but it's not exactly 12, right? During a moment that really should be I mean, people are saying it's industry ending. So Mm. if it's industry ending, we're trading mighty high for Mm. an industry ending event. So then you get any kind of relief from the Fed, right? The Fed said, you know, I, I didn't want it. again. I'm I'm off the Fed watching. I think it's just the most boring pastime of all time. But um, my understanding of it is it wasn't as hawkish as previously, which everyone's like, hey, look, pivot. Now, I'm, I'm not on the camera. I'm expecting them to just kind of reverse course and next thing will be cutting rates. But I'm also aware that the economic data looks pretty horrendous in a lot of areas and somehow it's booming in others, mm. right? I think that's like the Christmas boom. I think people have like post lockdown they just want to spend but that's going to come to an end right mm. because there won't be the money job losses will start hitting um, all that will happen so the big question upcoming is is the recession going to happen and i saw a great tweet about this someone was like you know every single person predicts a recession and you know what it's like when everyone predicts something it's not going to happen and then someone just came back with a really great tweet's like Everyone also expects the sun to rise tomorrow. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you you just kind of look at the reality of the situation. So how does Bitcoin respond? And then how does the Fed respond in that whole mix up? So I'm not in the camp of all time high and anytime soon. I think 2023 is going to be a very slow 2019 style grind. We'll get some nice rips. We'll probably then get some long six month long sideways to down. Um, But I do think we're probably back on the path higher but it's going to take a long time to get there
0: yeah yeah no i feel you do you think there's any other risk in terms of contagion from ftx i know genesis was sort of i haven't kept up with that recently you know those talks of grayscale i feel as though when these events happen everyone just thinks the worst case scenario i don't know if that's actually going to play out but if someone like a genesis was to actually blow up and you know had contagion at a grayscale would you expect prices to to go considerably you know downwards or do you think like you know, back to the Mt. Gox idea of FTX, is that possibly, we've seen the worst possible thing that could possibly happen to crypto, apart from Binance, perhaps, or Coinbase blowing up? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, no, and I think that's that's the way to frame this, is that there's um, there's risks that the market, cause, and this is a good concept, markets like certainty. Even if it's bad certainty, even if it's bad news, as long as they know about it, mm-hmm. we're good. So Genesis, I would believe, is currently relatively known information yep. um, when we started hearing ruminations of it all, and like Genesis is a big entity, mm. um, so is DCG, and last I saw they were trying to sell coindesk just to cover their costs, like it, it's a big problem, but we didn't really trade down at all. So I think that's now priced in information, yep. Yep. so in terms of the stuff that we're aware about. Yeah. My view is that most of the lenders who are going to blow up, blew up back in June. Yeah. FTX is actually the back end of that because yeah. they kind of set in and saved them, um, but they were actually insolvent themselves. So I think most of the known damage is, is pretty much done and priced in. Um, the tail risks that I think still exist, um, there's a couple of them. Um, the giant behemoths, the ones that would just be remarkably bad and there's there's no idea where it would go, would be a Coinbase, which I think is very, very unlikely. Yeah, a Coinbase, mind. a Binance, which I also think is very unlikely, a Tether, which I also think is unlikely in the short term. Yeah. Longer term, I think Tether is still in trouble. Um, and uh, the other one that's quite scary is Silvergate. Now, that's probably the one that has the highest level of risk. Um, for any of you who kind of follow, there's, there's um, a, a very good short seller called Mark Hoders out there. Um, Twitter handle is Alder Lane Eggs. Now, he can also get a little bit over the top on things, um, but he was very early on talk, talking about FTX. He's now going after Silvergate because they had a whole lot of banking relationships with them. Now, I don't have a great deal of inside baseball on that. I know that Silvergate banks many exchanges in this industry. It would be very, very bad if anything happened to uh, to Silvergate. Um, I don't have a gauge on, how, on what the probability is, but my gut feel tells me it's Probably as a regulated industry, regulated banking partner, if American regulations do what they say they do, I think it would be hard for them to really botch it that much. Yeah. So that's one to pay attention to. Um, you know, Mark Ahotis is all over it, but uh, as I said, he can get a little bit over the top. And I think he's he's, going, he's gunning for it, maybe because he wants more FTX fire. You know what I mean? Like he started mate the mate. FTX fire. Exactly. Mate, mate. He's yeah. like, I, I want to see the fire burn because yeah, I'm yeah. part of this thing.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, Cool, man. We've we've sort of given a bit of context to listeners what's going on in the last few months. Is there anything on chain you want to show us? um, You know, uh, anything that you think might be interesting just to, you know, maybe give the viewers maybe a think about where we're head over Christmas and New Year.
1: For sure. Um, So some of you have probably seen me use uh, this dashboard before and I mentioned before it's about confluence, right? When when do we see the market basically fully, in fact, I'll go back to the, the parent one, Um, when do we see the market reach that point of just absolute it's over right complete pain what did it require to flush everyone out so this is a dashboard I've been playing around with and working on Um, what it looks at is eight different types of metrics Um, you'll see down the bottom here there's different color traces green is pricing models yellow is on-chain activity so how how much momentum is going on on chain blue is then profitability and purple then supply so are we seeing a net transfer? Are the old hands basically transferring back, right? The old hands see strength. They move out of accumulation phase. They start transferring their wealth and demand is thus coming in. So um, as you can see, during bear markets, this thing, basically none of these things light up and it's uh, it's a pretty barren wasteland. During bull markets, um, the price chart will light up, which is saying that we have five out of eight or eight out of eight when it goes dark purple. So as you can see, where we currently are, it's it's a barren wasteland, right? So we are still in bear market territory. Um, and something I've been talking about lately is you can be patient, right? There's no, we're not gunning for all time high, at least in my view, anytime soon. Um, there's no rush. You can basically just be stable, make sure you know you don't have to rush into this thing. Um, there's, there's time on your side. Now with that said, generally speaking, and you can see back here in 2015, these orange bars really start to pick up. They're the first ones. So what that generally means is that on-chain activity, people coming into the network, there's the final washout, people start capitulating, but also people go, hang on a second, all right, this is value. And you see the network start to come back to life. It's a slow process, but it starts to rejuvenate. So you can see here, we've got a little bit of an uptick on this black curve, and that is primarily driven by the on-chain activity side. So um, the way to think about that is we've got the first early signs. That doesn't mean that we don't have months of pain ahead of us and sideways and boredom and maybe even another leg down. But it means that we've, it's time to start paying more attention, right? The probability is starting to shift back towards we may have a bit more strength. Um, what we generally then see, I'll jump across to our actual, uh, parent dashboard here. Um, what, if you're looking for something to just like, you know, you, you don't, you don't, um, my trading mentor told me there's no prize for picking the bottom. Right, No one sends you a trophy, there's no like accolade or you don't get your name on a board anywhere. Um, sure, you may get a better entry, but you're also gonna, probably going to take a few punches along the way. So um, in terms of just waiting for that like strong confirmation, what you can see back here in 2018, this is two, two models, um, the realized price in orange and the 200 day moving average in blue. And towards late stage bears, these two start to converge because the realized price tends to trade sideways. And the 200-day moving average, which is a bit of a proxy for durational pain, right? The amount of time it takes the 200-day to get right down here is that time pain. And also we've been down there long enough for it to come down. And as you can see, we're approaching an intersection. So they are currently uh, realized price is 20,000 or 20,200, 200 days at 22. So if you're looking for something to just give you like, a, I don't care about picking the bottom, I just want to wait for strong movement to the upside. Once you're getting up above 20K and holding it, that starts to feel a little bit more like a we've got our price signals back in the in the uh, in the market. Once price is above the two hundred day institutions who are looking for just a bull bear switch, all these things start to come into play. So if you're looking for like a safe signal, wait for the pricing models, get above the two hundred day moving average, realized price, that's a nice little starting point.
0: It's a fascinating um thing around any market around human psychology and you're back to your point at the start of this episode it's like when you really boil down to it you know i remember the 2018 crypto winter like at peak fear it was just a bloodbath it was like this is going to one k. no it was going to zero man it was all over like wrap it up like throw your ledger out like it's, it's we're done and dusted that was um, the uh that
1: was the year where they were doing elliot waves like multi-decade L yeah, waves yeah. that just showed
0: it has to go down to a thousand dollars to reset and like, yeah oh, yeah, come yeah. On. i remember that youtuber what's his name he, he had a he had his own theory that um it, it had the the soup i don't know what it was but it had to basically go to like something yes yeah, was, <laughs> was some magic wave of some I form right? had hundreds of thousands of subscribers it was like it was the bible mate um completely wrong and it just goes back to human psychology it's like at the absolute you know peak moment of of, of fear in the market, and that moving, the 200 day moving average is actually, I like that proxy idea of like you're actually just getting a sense of like that emotion of just people getting drawn out of like slow declining prices, giving out, people giving in the towel, like throwing, you know, throwing in the towel. Mixed with that on-chain and seeing where that's actually diverged in the past and when price increased afterwards is, um, it's an interesting way to look at it. Totally.
1: So, yeah, that's, um in, in terms of a safe signal, that's something to certainly be paying attention to. Um, I mentioned before the on-chain activity side. So these are just the components that go into that. Um, so the first one is new addresses, right? And this, this, I love this concept. You'll see me use it all the time. It's called momentum, right? And this is just something that me and my guys, um, at Node named it. But uh, momentum is basically looking at the monthly versus the yearly. And it's a very simple check. Is the monthly higher than the, the yearly? Because that means you've got a bit of momentum to the upside. Short-term is more explosive than the longer-term. So you can see here on terms of new addresses, um, we do have some upside momentum, right? Really for the first time, there was a little bit of a burst um, as Doquan was exploding. Um, but aside from that, it's been pretty barren since, as you can see, this is why I say that the, uh, the bear market started back here in May, 2021, because that's where we got this crossover, right? You can see that the on-chain activity was dying off and it really caved in after that, and never really recovered. So this is the first proper burst we've had to the upside. Um, now, new addresses are not the perfect proxy for users but also if you run this across any of our, you know, clean entity adjusted models, and all that stuff, you get the same, you get pretty much the same result. So, you know, in terms of a free metric, it's, uh, it, it kind of solves that, uh, that problem. And the other one on that front is when you've got um, more activity, you want fee congestion, right? And we're starting to get just the tiniest little burst of fees coming back into the mempool. So what this thing is looking at is a four year Z score, which is basically a statistical deviation now this thing here is just getting back to neutral, right? So it's basically saying that we're at the average amount of fees paid over the last four years. So given we've got about a year and a half or almost two years now in a bear, two years in a bull, it's literally back to neutral. Um, and that's, I mean, it's, it's not it's not um, positive, but it's also not negative. So, you know, we're, we're literally at the point where it's starting to pick up. Um, what we want to see is this actually sustain and get some positive momentum to the upside. and. Strangely enough, these very simple models, new addresses, transaction counts, and fee momentums, when you do just some very um, simple checks like momentum or Z scores, it's amazing how high signal these things are um, at just determining regime shifts. So again, Mm -hmm. something to just be paying attention to.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, mate, we've just ticked on 20 minutes. It's been um, just a nice short, sharp wrap-up. For those that want the deeper... Charts. Uh Checkmate is uh, uh working over GlassNode. You're the head on chain, right? You're the you're the big yeah. dog. So head over to GlassNode if you want those charts. Checkmate also does three analysis posts for us a week. So if you want the breakdown, basically what we did in this video three times a week, you can head over to collective shift, it's a dollar for seven days. The starter membership will get you right. Um and yeah, man, I think that's probably it. That's 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 it. What are you doing for Christmas, man? But you uh, you taking some time off or Mate, yeah. I'm uh, I'm going to be hanging out at the beach
1: and getting the, uh, the so, uh, kite surfing is my addiction. So uh, okay. finally, I'm, I'm back near the beach. I've got my gear. Um, I bought some new, new, new equipment and uh, I'll be taking it
0: out for a belt as often as I can. Brilliant, mate. Well, um, I won't be doing that, but I'm going to come up and see you next week. Have a great <laughs> <fun of> beer. <laughs> you won't see Looking me in the water. But... <laughs> awesome, man. Thanks for your time. Happy days, mate. Cheers. See you, man.